bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of judgment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I can always tell whether or not I'm I'm on task because when I say the phone number and if the talk and text line is not open, that's just one more thing I didn't do. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. All right. So I was listening because I was, you know, trolling around the Internet on YouTube. I like how older people always talk about, oh, I got it off the computer. Well, actually, you didn't get it off the computer. You got it off the Internet. But, you know, I'm just saying. This is one of those weird things, right? So I always have to think about it when I say it because I want to make sure that I'm being accurate. And so in being accurate, I came across Jordan Peterson, who talks a lot about men. And he talks about 10 common mistakes, 10 common life mistakes people make. Most people make, but they don't even notice it, right? So I want to talk to you about 10 common life mistakes most people don't notice doing. And if you have any of these, 
833-212-1017 is the number. Feel free to call and say, hey, that's me. Here's what happened. This is what I did. Because I'll be more than happy um, to discuss it. Now, some of the stuff I'm going to say what Jordan Peterson said and other parts, I want to kind of give you my understanding and rendition of my experience in this particular thing. So, should I go truth number one through truth number 10 or truth number 10 through truth number one? 10 to one. 10 to one. All right. That's what Alex said. So if it goes south, we're blaming Alex. Okay. Truth number 10. You really can't live in this world without purpose. So many people tend to want to do so many things without really understanding why. I'm going to go to work because everybody else went to work. I'm going to go to school because everybody went to school. I'm going to go do this because everybody did it. When in fact, you really have no purpose. It's funny because women tend to have purpose. Women literally come out of the womb seemingly knowing exactly what it is they want to do, how they want to do it, where they want to do it. Guys, well, not so much. Number nine. The anecdote to suffering is responsibility. When stuff goes bad, you have to take the responsibility that comes to you to remind yourself that you are the one that caused it. You're the one that can fix it. Now, you might have to ask someone for help. You might need to go to somebody and say, hey, I need some help with this. I really can't do this. But if you really can't live in this world without a purpose, then you have to recognize that the anecdote to suffering is actually responsibility. Number eight, mistakes and pain are the key. I know a lot of people who avoid everything. They don't want to make mistakes. They don't want to look bad. But the key to being successful, the key to taking responsibility, the key to figuring out your purpose is to make mistakes, suffer through pain, because that's your key to life. Number seven, people who irritate you actually make you better. Why is that? Because when people irritate you, You tend to come around them and want to be your best because you don't want them to best you. You tend to want to be one notch higher because you don't want them to see you as failing. So people that irritate you, that drive, and and of course my understanding of it, my life experience using me as the example is, People that irritate me, make me mad, or I just don't like and I don't know them. I'm either jealous or intimidated. And so I have to figure that out. Number six, 
Bitter truth is better than a sweet lie. Sometimes we get stuck on what the outcome is going to be. Sometimes we get stuck on everything that's going to fall apart. But if we don't say it now, it's going to fall apart anyway. So if your wife is mad at you anyway, and she asks you, honey, does this look great? If it doesn't, say no. She's going to get mad anyway. But won't you feel better? And won't she look better? Because then she might change. Same thing women. If he ain't got it, you might want to let him know. You ain't got it. You need to redo that. Number five, nothing worthwhile in life happens without sacrifice. You need to understand that sacrifice is everything. Stop saying you want children, but you're not willing to sacrifice coming home every day, taking care of them, feeding them, growing them, nurturing them, taking them to school, taking them to basketball games and football games and soccer and workout and piano lessons and paying for college. Don't do it. Nothing worthwhile happens without sacrifice. In order for me to get a job and go after my life goal of becoming a police officer, I had to move 90 miles north to Milwaukee. Had to sacrifice family, friend, moved here with absolutely no friends whatsoever. Just me and my wife and my one-year-old daughter. That's it. That was 30 years ago. April 12th will be 30 years ago. Was there sacrifice? I couldn't leave the house if my wife was gone. My wife couldn't leave the house if I was gone. Why? Because we were the only ones we had. So we had to sacrifice learning things, going places. The only other place we went is to dinner or church. And that's it. Sacrifice. Number four. You're full of excuses. And that's why you can't get anything. Because you're full of excuses. You don't want to get up. The bus was late. The car wouldn't start. Oh, I had to put gas in my car. I had that very thing today. So I have to be somewhere tomorrow morning. And I looked at my car. And as I pulled in, my car said, hey, stupid. You don't have any gas. You're low on gas. What are you going to do? And I'm thinking, ah, I'll take care of it in the morning. How about take care of it on the way home? Because if you take care of it in the morning, you're going to wake up late. And then as you try to get there, you're going to go to the gas station. And it's going to be backed up. And then I'm going to get where I'm going late. And they're going to say, why are you late? And I'm going to say, Oh, my gas was low and I ran out of gas. That's an excuse. All you had to do is take care of it. But you know what they say. Stupid is as stupid does. And that was me. Was that number three or number two? That was number four. Right? Number three. <laughs> Being happy makes you trapped. 
Life is not happy all the time. Stop always looking for happy energy. Let's be happy. Oh, you need to be positive. You cannot sustain positive all the time. It is tiring. You will pass out and you will burn up too much energy. Why? Because no one is happy all the time. It's okay. Life goes up. Life goes down. Guess what? It goes back up. But you cannot sustain the energy of being happy all the time. You will melt. You'll end up trashing yourself. Number two, and I know I'm going to get pushback about this all the time. I know I'm going to get it. Being harmless is a fatal mistake. So what am I saying? Being harmless is an actual fatal mistake. You have to be ready on whatever level it is to fight. Not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense, in a mental sense, you have to be ready. And you can't fight a fight with a sword that's sheathed. If it's in, it doesn't matter. It's like, and I'm going to use the analogy, it'll drive people crazy. It's like having a gun with no bullets in the magazine. Right? Looks great on your table. Nice paperweight, but can't use it. Your brain with no information in it. Looks good. Nice skin, eyes, nose, mouth, hair, right? Inside, dumb as a box of rocks. So what are we doing? You have to arm yourself with knowledge, information, education. That's what gives you power. Being harmless is a fatal mistake. Soon people will start to take advantage of you. And I can say that because that's what happened to me growing up. People took advantage of me. People beat me up, took my money, took my lunch money, all that. That's not why I became a cop. I finally woke up and said the only way to counter weakness is with strength. And so that's what I did. I literally became strong. Now, my number one, going through the 10 most common life mistakes, talked about by Jordan Peterson on YouTube. Might want to check him out. The 10 most common life mistakes most people don't notice making. My number one You've already wasted time and people don't notice it. If there's anything in your life that you've blown, that you've taken advantage of, and it's the one thing in your life that you can never get back and you can't replenish it, you can't add to it and you can't take away from it. What is it? Time. And so if there's anything in these 10 that you feel that are the most important that you need to work on immediately. I'll give you mine. In the years I've been here, the one piece of information, the one piece of advice that I would take from Jordan Peterson for men is the one thing that I've blown over the past 30 years. And I have very instant 
very specific places and times where I remember I did that. And you know what it was? My number one. Wasted time. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. I want to remind you, uh, earlier this week, late last week, Thursday or Friday, um, Bobby Caldwell passed away at 60 years old. One of my favorite, favorite, favoritestest artists. So I was thinking about him. So this first hour, I'm going to be playing some Bobby Caldwell. Reminiscing. No, he didn't make the song Reminiscing. Some of y'all too old for that. But uh, some of y'all too young for that. But. Anyway, 833-212-1017 is the number. Uh, 22 minutes after the hour, 37 degrees, and it's uh, raining a little bit. And now they're talking that other kind of weird stuff tomorrow that I don't know what that is. I can, like, I can, you can, uh, I, I'm, I'm, it's an S word. I don't want to say it, but it's an S word, and it's got, like, fluffy stuff, and, they say each one of the little things are different, that there's not a, a flake that's the same shape. I don't think so, but, yeah, it's supposed to do that thing tomorrow. I don't think it'll be any accumulation, but it's supposed to do that into Saturday. Saturday's high is 37. Friday, high is 40, partly sunny. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a little depressed, but what can I do? 833. Well, you know, I already said don't be. <laughs> I already said don't be happy all the time, right? Sometimes you got to just buck up and get through it, buttercup. 833 <laughs> is the number. Hey, I have a question for you because I was reading uh, in an article in CNN. <sighs> Is it time that we start driving black men to become teachers? We keep talking about doctors and lawyer, medical doctors and, you know, academic doctors and lawyers and all these things, dentists and scientists and all these great jobs, you know, work in tech, STEM, STEM is the way. Everybody thinks their way is the way. Meanwhile, we don't have enough black male teachers. And so what are, what are we going to do about that? Diversity advocates in a story by Nikel Terry Ellis on CNN.com says that we need teachers in that space. Data shows that black male teachers are underrepresented in schools across the nation. So how many or what's the percentage? Give me a call. 833-212-1017 is the number. What's the percentage of public school teachers that are black men in the year 2020 through 2021? Just just, just a round percentage. Just give me a number. Come on, Alex. How many, how, how many black teachers 
throughout the entire country. All 50 states were black. Percentage? I'd say probably like 10% would be my guess. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, let me, hang on. <laughs> Don't you love it when you do this live? You got to go, we are doing a radio show, we're doing all this stuff, and we realize you got everything you absolutely needed. Except a pen. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right, so you say, Alex, 10%. What's the percentage of black male teachers in America? I'm interested at in what you think. Don't look it up. Don't cheat. Just go off the top of your mind. Having grown up, went to school, public, private, parochial, Catholic, uh, whatever. Choice, charter. The number of black teachers. Not just black public school teachers, but black teachers in America. What do you think that number is? No, I didn't ask why you think it's important. I didn't ask why you think it's, it's uh, one of those things. I remember growing up in school and I had zero black male teachers. The only black male teacher in my life, K through eight, was the gym teacher. That's it. Like the physical education teacher. It was notorious. They were all black males. And that was it. And that's a shame. I mean, if you really think about it, at some white schools, the gym teacher was black. Like it was like a weird, like, but what, what is that? And part of it is, well, you know, they're athletic anyway. So we're going to steer them towards being gym. Like I wonder how many teachers in the 50s and 60s and 70s got steered toward being a gym teacher or physical education teacher instead of math or science because that's what somebody thought. Interesting. So the story goes on to say black men are sorely needed in the teaching field as the nation's school systems struggle with unfair disciplinary practices, achievement gaps, and political battles over black history curriculum. I don't know if a black history teacher or a black teacher period is going to change that. But what we need to be fighting over is whether or not they can read and write and do arithmetic. And I think we've gotten so far away that now we're arguing critical race theory in a school when those same schools are terrible for our children. And so at what point are we going to say, hey, can we have a teacher that will actually teach? Then if you want to look at race, let's look at race. But I think many times whites tend to argue, why does it matter? Because most of the teachers look like them. I mean, I go to, I, I, I even go to, well, 833-212-1017 is the number. Southside Frank said, my three principles uh, regarding work are avoid asking for help. Do it better than avoid asking for help. That doesn't make any sense. Southside, we got to talk. That doesn't make any sense. Um, my three principles regarding work are avoid asking for help. Do it better than anyone else on the job. And more importantly, don't waste time. How can you do it? 
how how can you do it better than everyone else and not ask for help? Won't you waste a lot of time trying to figure it out? Like the whole point is to learn how to do it so you can be efficient. Anyway, at the end of the day, the older we get, the more time becomes relevant. Sure, absolutely. There's, I have a much significantly shorter time horizon than, say, Alex. Like the entire time I've been in Milwaukee, the future of Alex only puts him, what, maybe in his 50s? Think about that. My time horizon is short. So when people always talk to me, well, why did you say it like that? You know, because I don't have time to sit here and mince words and be nice and be, oh, let me be sweet and tell you how we. No, we don't have time. You need to get it taken care of now. I don't want you wasting time that I wasted. I don't, I don't want you being distracted and doing things when you could have been taking care of business and being that far ahead. And so I, and I'll give you an example of that. And I'll, and I'll give you an example of that, right? Um, I remember working on my doctorate and I was in my 50s, you know? I got it when I was 51 years old. And I always thought I was too old, right? But one of the things that propelled me is the fact that I had life experience in what I was doing. So I was able to actually add things that others may not have been able to or, or saw things from a perspective because I had life experience. Sometimes when I see people who have gone through and go into higher education straight out of school and get their master's and their doctorate, and then start teaching, but have no real life experience other than teaching at a college level in schools of education, math, science. Science, I understand. Math, I understand. Education, not so much. I think if you're an educator, you need experience in K-12. Then you can say, hey, I'm an educator because now I can do everybody. I've taught in Elementary school, high school, and college. Call myself going into the Chicago public school as a, hey, friend of mine is a principal. Why don't you come in and be a fill-in like sub? Two years later, I'm still there. <laughs> like, I thought this was, I wasn't. And so I was working in radio, getting off at 5.30, going home and going to sleep, wake up, shower, go to the school at 9 o'clock, teach till 3 o'clock, and go back to bed. And did it every, th- every day for a couple of years before I realized, wait a minute, I thought I was temporary. Oh, no, we can get your temporary license. Don't worry about it. It was, it was one of those things where you realize that that experience is significantly more important than anything else I would have done in education. But it gave me the understanding. So when I went into higher education, I was able to understand how they got there, what that transition was, what they learned all those things. But I thought it's 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 important to recognize education is one of those things. And I guess I should ask the question, does your teacher have to be the same race? Some people immediately say yes, some people say no. But my question remains, 
school teachers, black men, 2020 through 2021, what was the percentage? Alex said 10%. I wonder what Melody has to say. You're on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you, Melody? Very good, Sherwin. Thank you for taking my call. Not Sherwin. I'm so sorry. Oh, I Melody. I mean, I'm so I know. Bam, wounded. Bam, doctor. Wait a minute. Me- Melody, Melody, doctor. Melody. I'm trying to be wounded. Yes. I'm trying to be melodramatic. Give me, give me some room. I know. Oh, I my know, God. I know. You can take it. You can take it. Sure. You got big shoulders. You could have called me Mel. You could have called me <laughs> any other name. You could have called me Tori. But why Sherwin? Okay, go ahead. And, and yeah, as they say, call me anything, but just don't but call don't me late call for dinner me. when you have go. nine kids. There you go. Okay, what I'd like to I'd like to get a brief. I hope it's brief. But I from what I've been in M- MPS, and you talked about the '60s. Let's uh-huh. not forget that it was called desegregation. Remember, I didn't go to and school in Milwaukee. I went to school in Chicago. Okay, South okay. Side or North Side. South Side. Okay. But anyway, okay, got it. Anyway, so what happened there is that they called it desegregation, and now they flowered it up and said we segregated. No, it was called desegregation, and we all know because they didn't want to put monies in the schools where the black children were. And they were bust. And first thing, you know, in my house, I was lucky, 28th of Brown, 33rd, but I had an Irish mother, and the N-word or anything, it just wasn't, it just never came up. Because economics, how can we talk about those for, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that's my culture and that's how I was raised. But my mom said, you know, when they started busting these kids, half hour, 45 minutes inclement weather, she said, oh, isn't that something they got to spend an hour, hour and a half to and from to get to this better school? And if you think that those kids got to that school and their arms were opened by all those white teachers, people got another thing to think about because this is Milwaukee. And the okay. fact of the matter is, is that that didn't, and, and, and then also the issue was, okay, my mom said, because she was single with nine kids, she said, now how does that mother get to the PTA meeting? How does she participate? And then I went to Stubbin, you know, and that, yeah, I figured, hey, I'm going to do this. Are you? It, it, it was but wait a minute, wait a minute. Special CT. Melody, Melody. Yeah. Why is it that I keep hearing yeah. from people in Milwaukee as if Milwaukee is this special, bizarre place where, well, you know, this is Milwaukee. I don't, I don't know what that means. Why do, why do people keep saying that? Well, the, because when we came up, we saw, we saw with our own eyes what is happening in this city historically against mm-hmm. black people. But that was everywhere. Fast forward. That was Chicago, New York, no, no, Cleveland. Not, not, yes, it no, was. No, no, I, I bet. Uh, I, I bet I bet it was, but Milwaukee still stands in the top of, of what? The most, one of the most segregated cities of okay. one of the most segregated cities. All right, I'm, so I'm in order let you to establish going. that ranking. So then I, I got to stop you, Melody, because I got to ask. Yeah. What is so bad about yes. segregation? I'm being devil's advocate about sec. Yes. What is so bad nothing, about segregation? Nothing in hindsight. Nothing in hindsight. If you would have put money in those neighborhoods. And allow people to flourish and establish businesses, and but that's have not what I'm asking. What is so okay, bad about segregation? What's so bad about people deciding not to live with other people, black and white? But it was it was forced. It was the fact of the matter is the issues in the sure, 60s sure. It was forced. Black people sure. didn't want to live, didn't want to go to school at white people. They wanted to live on the south side, but when they moved there, they got crosses burned on top. But of why them. did they move? Lost. But why did they want to live on the south side? 
because we didn't because have good the schools. schools were better and right. So had you just given them better schools, and schools and neighborhoods. but understand something and neighborhoods. Listen, correct. You're you're absolutely yeah. right, Melody. But the, but the thing I think that people miss is, and I missed it, is that if I had had better schools, I would not have lived in your neighborhood. I would have segregated myself. So, okay, wait a minute. Let me now let now let me hear that at once. Word, I got that's that one's got to sit again. You're saying if, that if you black kids it, on the north side, black parents on the north side, wanted their kids to go to a better right. school. So because of Brown versus right. the Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas, they wanted to go to the south side. Yeah. Right? South side had better no, schools. No, they didn't like. Listen, listen. Let me no, just they didn't want to get. That's no, what I'm saying. They were listen, thirty first in Brown. They wanted okay. to say they. Let's say I want to send you to a better school. Can we at least right. agree upon that, right? It back Absolutely. in the day, they came to 31st and Brown. Those better schools were white schools. Correct? Predominantly, absolutely. So, watch this. Had black people at the time gotten better schools? Would the city still be at, uh segregated because black people would stay in their neighborhood and go to their school and white people would stay and in I their neighborhood no and go to their school? I'd have no problem with that if those schools were equal and had the same resources, sure. the class sizes, and everything else. Sure. You know, they did a profile 2020 and 96. I remember that. And they came and they said, yeah, my it was my son and me. We represented Bayview and the lack of resources in comparison to suburban schools. My son had to go to an alternate school. And I went there when his grades went down. I sat in on a classroom with a black te- black algebra teacher or something, and I saw what was happening, and he gave me a lesson. I said, why didn't you tell me my kids' grades were going down? Sit here, ma'am, for an hour, and I saw. So, yeah, I was profiled. My son was profiled, going to an alternative school. And before that, fourth grade MPS, a black teacher, male, took all the boys out of the school to the gym and got them down to their underwear looking for two bucks that was stolen. I don't blame that teacher. He was probably thinking, and this is, we're talking about it in the 90s. You know, attorney said, oh, you can sue, you can sue. I said, what are you, what are you kidding me? Put my son on the stand. I don't need money that bad. But what happened, and when I went to that principal saying, give me a letter, because they kept it hush. Why? I got to show my son, because I obviously didn't raise him right, because if he's taking his clothes off for a teacher, I don't want him taking him off for a police officer. He's in fourth grade. There you go. It was a struggle to get that letter, and two words were, and I put them in parochial. I couldn't afford it. Then I put them back in the MPS for high school. Good luck with that. So I'm just saying that, uh, I don't know what I'm saying right now, but that's, you know, and then Stoyben. <laughs> I'll tell you about, uh, you want to hear about Stoyben and then Washington. And, and the moral of the story is if I didn't have Mr. Smalling, the vice principal at Washington, mm-hmm. my number would have went up. I would have went into the detention center till I was 18. He couldn't keep me in school. And that's fine. I turned out okay. But the fact of the matter is these one, twos and fews of these teachers. And what I have seen, and we didn't have transformers in our hallways. We had the black commandos monitoring Washington, guys from the neighborhood. It was a different climate. And, you know, I had an opportunity. I decided, no, I'm going to, you know, go out there at 16. I'm going to make it in the world working. And I was able to because you could lie about your age and all this other stuff. (gasps) And I did okay for myself. I retired from General Motors, and I'm doing good. You know, pension and Social Security. I can't complain. All right. But the fact of the matter, you know, I guess I went too long. But thank you for letting me shout out. (laughs) Thank you, Melody. Call anytime. You absolutely. Thank you, sir. All right.
As long as you don't call me, I don't know, Sherwin. Traffic, sports, weather, and black conscience. Up next. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to The Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Black Conscience, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. Now to self and good health to you, Dr. Ken. Hey, hey. Um, yeah, I I was kind of chuckling at the young lady who of the Caucasian persuasion. And yeah, enough about that. Anyways, um, back to your question about African-American male teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you just talking about in the Chicago I think your phone just faded. Your your phone just broke out. But if I understand what you're saying, it's the entire country. What's the percentage of black male teachers? Well, it might be a lot higher today with our younger brothers going into the profession. But when I was coming up, I had none in grade school. And it was only until I got in high school that I had my uh, male teachers encounter, my African-American, my brothers, my black male teachers encounters. Um, you see them a lot more now. I believe it's a lot higher than 10%. I would love to believe, I hope to believe it's a lot higher than that. Okay. So you got to give me a number, though. I want to say, I don't know. I want to put it up in 30%. 30%. Okay. You know, yeah. Um, the other thing, in your top 10, I think you could add one more, 11. And that's, uh, if you're not, if you're not really our young brothers out here and some of your sisters force these brothers. If you're not willing to be a father and you know, that's not something you want to do. Get your contraceptive. Nah, I, don't I, don't know know that that I don't know if that would uh-huh. be one. I don't know if that would be well, one. I don't know if that would be one. It could be one because a lot of times we go in the heat of the moment and we're dealing with 18 years and 22 years of, of situation that we know. And we could have all prevented that. Mm, okay. If that's not where your heart and soul and mind is, and I'm talking even after the fact, you know. But, but think, about, man up. think about the, the 10 that I came up with. Why those? Like, why that one? Uh, I don't know. I, I was just, you know, thinking uh, you should add that one in there to kill this population of, un, of uh, uh, um, single parenting where – it was some of us would label it as a mistake. No, there's no mistake in that. You was in with all your minds and senses and doing what but you were doing. But that's not a common life mistake, though. It's not a common life mistake. It's more. It's it's very intentional. So I would have to say no. Yeah, but thank you. It's a it mistake because <laughs> you could be lazy about it and just not conscious of it. Nope. Reject. But you're in the heat of the moment. Reject it. All right. All right. Well, I put it out there, so it's out there. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Live right this Milwaukee. 833-212-1017 is the number. What is the percentage? I need one more because I got got Alex. I got Black Conscience. I need one more guess on the percentage of the total number of black teachers in America. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon.
This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number of music by Bobby Caldwell, who passed away on last week. And it's funny because his wife said the one thing she wanted to do is thank the black community for the last 20, 30 years that has embraced him for the music that he made. He's a white guy. I'm just saying. Um, phenomenal music. Phenomenal. 833-212-1017 is the number. Before the break, we were talking about um, what's the percentage of black teachers, black male teachers in America? You know what? I'll make it easy. Public schools. Black public schools. But I'll, we'll just narrow it down. Public schools. Black public schools. What's the percentage out of all the teachers in America, what's the percentage? Alex said 10%. Black Conscience said 30%. What's the number? Because the story goes on to say some black male teachers say their presence in the classroom helps overcome stereotypes. Children, black or white, may have of black men. Uh, They also add that it's vital for schools to have a diverse array of black men teaching, including those who are boisterous, reserved, and so on. Blackness is not a monolith. But the challenge is recruitment. Some nonprofit groups say the biggest challenges to recruiting more black men to teach are low pay, racial bias in the school systems, and retention. And so the question remains then, if black male teachers face these same racial biases, including higher scrutiny from non-black school officials and criminalization of their actions like, you know, raising your voice, and with the average salary of a public school teacher nationally, $65,000, what would that percentage be? Well, I'll tell you. Believe it or not, Believe it or not, in America, the percentage of black male teachers, forget the rest of the world, forget the rest of the country, just public schools, black male teachers, young role models, black males who teach with a college education, believe it or not, is 1.3%. 